0: Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is Our Chosen Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. So we're talking about the tyranny of religion. And so we're going to kill some more sacred cows today. If you were not here last week, we did have a glitch on Facebook Live with no sound. So I did put the podcast on the uh, Women of Excellence Ministries page. You can go back and listen to that or get on Summit SA or get on Chosen SA. And you can listen to last week's message. I encourage you to do that because we talked about how some of the traditions about healing are tyrants. What is tyranny? What is tyranny? Tyranny is defined as cruel and oppressive rulership. A tyrant is a cruel, oppressive ruler. Religion is defined as the belief in and worship of a superhuman and controlling power. Don't you dare ask me what my religion is. I'm not controlled by a superhuman power. Jesus never controls us. He stands at the door and he knocks. Whether we open that door is up to us. He gives us choices all over the scripture. Be either hot or cold. But if you choose to be lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He said, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or the tree bad and its fruit bad. He gives us a choice. A tree is known by its fruit. Deuteronomy 30, 19, I've set before you this day, life and blessings, 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 plural, I've set before you life and death, the blessings and the curses. And it's an open book test. He tells you what to choose, choose life. I told you about my friend and my sister's health coach, Carl Mason, you can find him on Facebook. And he was diagnosed with a metastatic cancer 26 years ago and sent home to die after five years of grueling surgery, chemo, radiation, repeat. Five years, sent home to die. And he heard a voice tell him, choose life. And he did. And within seven months, he was completely, totally healed. You know why? He renewed his mind. He did what we've been talking about. He allowed the Holy Spirit, our guide, our teacher, to bring from his subconscious to the conscious mind. Once it's in your conscious mind, you are not living by conditioning. You are living by choice. The book of Ephesians says to live accurately, accurately. To live accurately and circumspectly, that's a choice. The Lord always gives us a a choice. But the devil, no, he doesn't. That's why he's called a thief. How many of you, and I hope the answer is none of you, but how many of you have ever been burglarized? Raise your hand if you've ever been burglarized in any form. Did that thief come and say, hey, can I come in and steal your goods? No, did any thief ever do that? Why? Thieves break in. Jesus knocks. You've got to give him permission. Just as you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, receive him as your healer, receive him as your provider, receive him as your sanctifier, receive him as your banner. You've got to to receive him. He'll never force his way in. Because religion is controlling power. And religion is a return to bondage. So we're going to continue, I don't know how long, maybe week after next, we'll, I mean, we will continue week after next, and we might continue after that, because every time the Lord shows me a sacred cow, I'm going to kill that thing. And so last week we looked, and we saw how healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. I'm going to try not to break it today. You know, I take the scripture, the violent, take it by force very seriously, And so I get very violent and uh, break it. I break it by force. And if you were here last week, you know what I'm talking about. I broke it twice. And so this is a scale of justice, and it has engraved on it. My friend Marjorie Mabry gave this to me. Forgiveness and healing. And what we've done is it's really easy to receive forgiveness, so we put it up here. And then we put healing down here. But on the divine scale of justice... Forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. How do I know that? Well, there's lots of scriptural precedent. In John chapter 5, he healed the man who had been 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. And after he healed him, after he healed him, by the way, those of you who are so sin sin conscious, you just don't think God will heal you because you're just such a big sinner. We're going to kill that sacred cow next time. After he healed him, he didn't even know who Jesus was. (laughs) Jesus didn't give him a list of all of his sins. He healed him. He said, arise, take up your bed and walk if you want to be well. And the man did. And then he said, go and sin no more. That was after he found the man walking healed. But oh no, oh no, no. We think Jesus has a red pen and he's counting our sins against us. No, forgiveness and healing. Same scale, same savior, same sacrifice, same blood. What about John chapter 9? The man born blind. And oh, the Pharisees, Lord. See, they thought they were so awesomely righteous. Lord, who sinned? This man or his parents? Jesus said, neither of them. It's so the works of God may be manifest in him. And Jesus healed his blind eyes. Spit in them. You know, a lot of us would just get offended if Jesus spit at us. But I've sat in my chair and said, spit on me. All you want, you spit on me. I love your spit. It's full of your DNA. Holy spit. That didn't sound very good, did it? (laughs) Okay, so this is live. Thank the Lord. And so the Pharisees got mad because Jesus healed him. And so they tried to attack the parents. Was, he, he wasn't really born blind, was he? Well, yeah, that's our son. He was born blind. They were afraid of the Pharisees. I love Pharisees because I like to just knock them down with spit. And so I'm just trying to get out of it. And so they kept, then they started assaulting the man born blind. Were you really blind? Who healed you? Did I already told you. I don't know who healed me. I just know I was blind and now I see. Amen. Does that sound like someone who's counting your sins against you? No. no. Because forgiveness and healing, same scale. And we could go on and on and on and on and on. I have not read one account in Scripture where Jesus said, get on your knees, froth at the mouth, flail yourself, beat your chest, and then I, I will heal you. I don't read one time he did that. Don't take no for an answer. Press into Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. He is our healer. Our father is not a tyrant. Religion controls Christ's followers are given the power of choice. And if you remember last time, he said he would silence the voice of the tyrant rulers. All right. So let's start today. Slay some more sacred cows. Expose some more tyranny. And we're going to start with the story of Paul on the Isle of Malta. You remember that story, right? They had just had a shipwreck. I mean, they finally listened to Paul, and they did what he said, and so the ship was lost, their goods were lost, but every life was saved. They landed on the Isle of Malta, and I have no idea where that is. It's just somewhere that I never want to go. And so... The, the, the natives welcomed them with joy. They were so happy to have them there. And so Paul starts putting wood to build a fire. It's cold, obviously. Their garments are wet. They'd been shipwrecked. And, and so all of a sudden, this poisonous viper crawls out, attaches itself to Paul's hand. Let's read about it. Acts twenty eight, one. They had been brought safely through and we found out that the island was called Malta, and the natives showed us extraordinary kindness, for they kindled a fire, they took us all in because of the rain had had started and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and it fastened itself on his hand. And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, undoubtedly this man is a murderer. And though he has been safe from the sea, the gods of justice have not allowed him to live. However, Paul shook the creature off into the fire, and he suffered no harm. And they were expecting he was going to swell up and suddenly fall down, dead. But they had waited a long time, and had seen nothing unusual happen to Paul. And they changed their mind, and then they began to say he was a god. Now, if you look up this serpent today, it's going to say that there are no serpents that are that toxic on the Isle of Malta. But here's the problem. Until recently, the island was so heavily infected. No, excuse me, I'm wrong. He actually landed. Now, today's Malta may not have that, but we're talking 2,000 years ago. Wait till you hear this. It is not modern Malta that they landed on, but an island in the Adriatic Sea known as the Melita. Furthermore, until recently, the island was so heavily infested with the notorious horned viper, Vipera amidites, that a predatory mongoose was introduced on the island in 1910 to control the snake population. The symptoms of a bite of this viper coincide with those reported in the Book of Acts, immediate swelling due to hemorrhagic edema, falling down due to faintness, dizziness, followed by circulatory shock, pulmonary congestion, internal bleeding, all of which would lead to death. And Paul shook it off. What do you do when something bites you? I want to show you a picture of a snake bite on a screen. This is my daughter Courtney's father-in-law, Jim. I do have permission to show this. And he was bitten a few years ago by a mother rattlesnake. This thing was huge. He was walking his dog, and there were some weeds. And all of a sudden, he felt it. Didn't even rattle. The people at the hospital said that a lot of rattlesnakes have quit rattling because of feral pigs. Which, you know, I think that in Texas we should all get a mongoose or a feral pig. <laughs> so and don't walk your dog, walk your pig. That's what we should do. And so this rattlesnake bit him. Uh, see how big that thing is? Doctors came from all over the hospital. When his wife Aurora called EMS... They said, don't wait for us. Get him to the hospital. We will call. And they were waiting for him. He went to Methodist, show note, because they had the antivenom. They were waiting for him when they got, he got there and took him immediately in. And it made him quite ill. I mean, the poison made him quite ill. A snake bite is nothing to play with. But can you imagine? Here, this viper was much more poisonous than a rattlesnake. And Paul shook it off. I think he must kind of like be the Apostle Paul because he still walks in weeds. I don't understand that, but obviously no fear, so praise the Lord for that. I'm here to tell you today, when the serpent bites you, it could be a bad report. It could be a bad financial report. It could be a relationship that's troubling you. It just could be the rejection you feel, the insecurity, the inferiority, the inadequacy that I'm not qualified, the torment in your mind, the victimization, or maybe there's anger, maybe there's bitterness over the the bites you've had. I'm telling you, if you will learn to rise up and shake it off out loud in the name of Jesus, I just shake you off. It fastened himself or itself to Paul. Paul shook it off got to learn to do that. How do you do that? Use your tongue. In Jesus name, I do not receive this poison. I know the thief has come to poison me. I will not allow this toxicity in my body. There are times you might need to separate yourself from toxic people. I do not have any toxic people in my life. I won't allow it. I will be kind. I will be loving from a distance, but I will not allow toxic people anymore. Used to. Well, how do you know they're toxic? Because they live in your head. That's how. Oh, that's good. If somebody lives in your head, and I don't mean being in love, come on. <laughs> you know, the in love experience scientists have studied last only two years. Get over it. <laughs> After every wedding comes a marriage. How many of you know that's true? <laughs> Marriages work. You got to work it. If you want to be successful. I can say that I'm going on 49 years. We're going for the gold. And then what's the diamond anniversary? 75? I'm going for that one. Yeah. I think diamond is 75. I say diamond's 49. You know, my girls will be going, I get this is what they tell me when I get something they like. I, I claim that. I go, I'm not dead. Do your kids do that, Delinda? Yeah. So rude. <laughs> so I've given you my testimony. I gave it at Chosen. Said a little bit last week. I'm just going to briefly tell you again how the, the Lord told me to, change, to shift. Actually, that was a word. I didn't share that. He said, shift your thinking from warrior to daughter. Because a daughter to me represented somebody that was always punished. And even before I heard those words, to shift from warrior to daughter. Even before I heard those words, I had something happen. Because one day, I was, I was in doubt. Anybody ever get in doubt? I was just have, having some doubts about some things that sell me. And all of a sudden, and I said, Lord, I just need you to direct me. Holy Spirit, teach me, guide me. And all of a sudden, I heard, I literally heard a loud, booming voice. And it was Luke 11, 11. I had to go find it. Didn't know where it was. And it said, and and it was magnified, what father among you? What father among you? I heard it so loud. If his son asks for a loaf of bread, we'll give him a stone. If he asks for a fish, instead, give him a serpent. If he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If then you, being evil as you are, know how to give give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good to those who ask him? In, in Matthew 7, 7, which I think it's really cool because I really like 11, 11, 7, 7. These are great numbers. 7, 7, Jesus said, keep on asking. It will be given to you. See, don't take no for an answer. Keep on seeking. You will find. Keep on knocking. The, the door will be opened. And he goes on to say, what man is there of you if his son or daughter asks for a loaf of bread? will hand him a stone. If then, evil as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who keep on asking him? A scripture in the, the Passion that I just love in Colossians 12, it says in verse 13, He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. And has transferred us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, here you go, all of our sins are canceled. And we have the release of redemption through his very blood. So why are you sin conscious? Why are you conscious of your sins? Why do you keep reminding the Lord? When he said in the son, your sins are canceled. In the son. I am released by the blood of Jesus I ain't going to remind him of my sins. In fact, I don't even want to forget them. They've been cast into the depths of the sea. They've been annihilated, dissolved by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. In Colossians 1, 18, he's the head of his body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. He alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place. And in the Greek, it says the holder of first place. And then it goes on to say he has made peace with us by means of the blood of his cross. Don't, don't minimize Jesus. Don't minimize that sacrifice. I'm telling you, it'll get you in so much trouble. So I made a mind shift from warrior to daughter. He's my father. My father loves me. I asked you last week, how many of you are mothers in a good majority of the room raised their hands? How many of you, if it came down to the death of you or your child, would die for your child? Every single mother stood up. And yet we think the Lord is a child abuser. We think the Lord is a withholder. You know what that's doing? It's calling him a tyrant. A cruel, oppressive ruler. Shift. Shift. Shift your mindset. God is good. He's not. So let's tear down another tradition. Now I'm going to read this to you. I love this. I read a little bit last week. I'm going to do it more. Mark 7 verses 9 and 13. And Jesus said to them. You have a fine way of rejecting and thus thwarting and nullifying and doing away with the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition, your own human regulations. Thus, ready for this? You are nullifying, you are making void, and of no effect the authority of the Word of God through your tradition, which you in turn hand on. And many things of this kind you are doing. Don't you see that's what's happened in the church? We've passed down the tradition. And we have nullified and made of no effect the authority of the word of God. And because the Lord never forces anything on us, he will let us. Just like he let Adam eat the fruit of lies. Because Adam made a choice. From the beginning of time, he has given man a choice. Because he is not a slave driver. He is a father. And that's how we're to be with our children. Once they're grown, release them. Release them. I do not interfere in the lives of my children. Do I want to? Absolutely. But I did my job already. And where, where I made mistakes, I'm just, Lord, cover it with your grace. Just cover them with your grace. I say all the time, Kelly, Katie, and Corney are trophies of grace, and they are they really are and i thank god for them so first tradition the tyranny the tyrant is he is a yes no and maybe god in second corinthians 1 and 18 through 20 it says that the promises of god are not yes and no but they are all yes in christ jesus Now, here's how it works. Could there be a yes, no, and maybe about who you marry, about what job you take, about what house you buy? Absolutely. But when it comes to the promises of God, the Bible says all, say all, the promises of God are yes to which we reply amen. There is no yes and no where the absolutes are concerned. That is tradition. Why? Because things happen that we don't understand. There are clear violations of the Word of God. Uh, there's somebody in this room that didn't take no, and Christy Mormon right over here. Her husband had a massive heat stroke years ago. And I don't think doctors thought much of his recovery. But she didn't take no for an answer, did you? And I saw him recently, and I, and I walked in. I said, well, he know who I am. She, said, she looked at me like I was a nut. <laughs> she said, of course he knows who you are. And he was just sweet Tommy, just as coherent and cognizant as you can be. She didn't take no for an answer. I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm just telling you right now. Hebrews 11.1. One. Now, faith, here's the problem. If you want to know what the problem is, I'm going to tell you right now. We don't live in the now of faith. We live in the someday, the maybe. It's now faith. That means I have it before I see it, people. If it's a promise in the Word of God, the answer is yes. Oh, I can feel those religious spirits. But, 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 but. Okay. Somebody give me a red pen. You need to cross that out of your Bible. I'm just telling you what the Word says. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. But you don't know, you just don't understand so-and-so believed God. And it didn't happen. I don't know why, but I'm not going to make a tradition out of it. I believe the Savior of the Bible. I believe the healer of the Bible. I believe the provider of the Bible. I believe he is the same today, yesterday, and forever. I believe he changes not. That's what I believe. I don't know who you're supposed to marry. I don't know what house you're supposed to buy. I don't know what job you're supposed to take. God might say no to that. But if he does, it's because he is saving you. Because he's a good father. I remember one of my daughters had for a very short time seen someone and I knew with all my being that he was not the one. Because God gives us choices. And one night, I was walking with her and I said, I just want to know one thing. Has the Holy Spirit told you this is the man? I just want to know. If you tell me yes, I will get on board and I will just ask the Lord to change my mind. But I need to know Did the Holy Spirit tell you? And she said, no. And I said, well, then you're wasting your time. And she broke it off, and it was no time at all before Pam and Cindy Godwin and another friend in the same day, unbeknownst to each other, all called me and said, has Kelly met Matt Mills? we think we just think that they would go together <laughs> now it's a good thing that a couple of years before that when i had been asking the lord about her husband the lord said one thing to me he'll come from austin and i said absolutely not <laughs> julie julie okay horns down if you know anything about a&m and T-sips. <laughs> then that we, you know, we are longtime rivals. I'm going to wear my Aggie ring next week just to show you. And I mean, it's you know, we just don't do Austin in our home. It's saw Varsity's horns off. And and yes, I know that we lost the game. Okay, we're going to win this week for sure. And Texas is going to lose to Oklahoma. <laughs> Just letting you know. (laughs) And so, now where was I? Now I'm all upset. I am so upset now. I just cannot tell you how upset I am. What was I saying? I know that, so I have to get back in the spirit. Yes. And I automatically said no. And so they, I think it was Pam, because she likes to interfere. (laughs) Your daughter, your daughter said amen <laughs> right behind you. And, and so they, she set up the date, and the rest is history. But during the course, I said, Lord, is he the one? And the Lord said, well, I told you he'd come from Austin, and he was from Austin. And it's a good thing God said that, because four of my treasures are Abigail, Zachary, Joshua, Nicholas. I have 10 grandchildren. And I wouldn't have them. So that's something where there's no and there's yes or maybe or whatever, but not when it comes to the promises of God. I hope you can see that. If you can't, then you need to go home and pray about it. (laughs) Now, listen you and I are eligible. Say, I'm eligible. To be healed and emancipated, freed from bondage, prosperous, not because of our works. The Lord doesn't look at our works. He looks at the blood of the cross. And that's how we received our reconciliation. He blesses us according to who Jesus is, not according to what we've done. I'm going to read something to you that uh, this is so powerful to me. The cross eclipses anything in our lives that would disqualify us from being liberated. And so I want you to say, I am qualified because of the blood of Jesus. And that's the bottom line. So slay that sacred cow of, well, you know, God says sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe, sometimes wait. Well, I have news for you. The Bible word for wait means a confident expectation. It doesn't mean, oh, I just hope, oh, I just wish. No, no, it means I know I already have it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11:1. 1, now faith, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things I hope for. It is the proof of things we do not see, the conviction of their reality, and faith perceives as a fact what is not revealed to my senses. Yeah. So even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working because he never stops working. And by faith, I receive the yes of God. In fact, I have a rubber stamp, a red rubber stamp that says yes. And I have it all over my Bible. I'll get a promise and I stamp yes. Red for the blood. It's covenant. Second thing that is tyranny. I just mentioned it. I hope and pray. God is a sometimes God. It's always in the future. No, 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 no. I'm going to read this to you. This is from Russ Walden. The Father says, today, put your expectations upon me this day and not any other person, process, or circumstance. Failure is an impossibility for me. Therefore, you will not be disappointed. Fidelity is my core nature. There is no question about what I am going to do in your life and what is your, but what is your expectation? Do not look at a man. Man will fail you every time. Men make promises, even those that they fully intend to keep, but time and again, your hopes will be dashed if you look to man. ...for what you ought to look to me for. So I say unto you this day, look unto me, for my willingness to act in your life is measured by the extremity of the cross. If I gave my only son, how shall I not with him freely give you all other things? I am not holding out on you, says the Father. That is another Jesus that Paul warned about, and not the one who gave his life on your dead theology... Not the one who gave his life on your, excuse me, I read it wrong. Not the one who gave his life on your behalf 2,000 years ago. Reject the other Jesus of religion and dead theology. And wrap your expectation up in the true living bread that is prepared as rain for you and water from the rock every morning, even this morning. Your eyes shall see. Your heart shall rejoice. For my faithfulness is the portion of all who put their trust in me. And amen to that. God, uh, Psalm 46.1, is our refuge and strength, a very present and well-proved help in the time of trouble. So I'm not going to hope and pray and keep my faith in the future. That's why many of you are not receiving the promises. You're living in the future instead of the now. Every promise God has given me Is stamped with yes, and it is a now word. I receive it now. I may not feel it now. I may not see it now, but by faith I have it now. Because faith is the assurance and the proof of things I do not see yet. But you got to believe it before you see it, and that's all there is to it. The Lord spoke to me one day. He said, I am not an absentee father. You all know Mark 11:22. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt it all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place, it will be done for him for this reason. I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you. See, that's a now verse and you will get it. And when you stand praying, forgive, because that will block your prayer. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence, the privilege of boldness, the assurance we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, what's his will? The promises of God. He listens to and hears us, and here you go. And if we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted as our present possession the request we made. It's already given to us. It's already granted. Lord, I just take it. I'm telling you, the healing anointing was so strong this morning, I could barely stand it. It was that strong. It's yours for the taking. Don't take no for an answer. All right, so what's the next one? Say this with me. This is my turn. This is my time. time. Not my get put out time. My My enter in time. time. All I've expected. All I've longed for. All I've I've waited for for is is now. You've got to renew your mind to now. I'm telling you, and I know this because I've been there. We spend so much time in the someday, the somewhere over the rainbow. Jesus said, Bring heaven to earth. And you know the good news is when he came, he brought heaven to earth. And he deposited heaven in every one of us. Every one of us. Holy Spirit's my teacher, he's my guide, he's a now God. But in Matthew eleven twelve, 12, he said, The kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men take it by force. You got to take it. Don't take it. What does that mean? It means don't take no for an answer. That's what it means. That's what it means. Our father is not a punisher. Stop that false belief system. Before I accepted, receive my daughterhood or your sonship, whatever you are, male or female. First of all, you are a son or a daughter and the father doesn't punish you. He loves you. You know what punishes you? Fear. Fear has with it the thought of punishment. You know what else punishes you? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness turns you over to the tormentors, the the punishers. If you feel punished, it's not because father is punishing you. It's either because you fear or you're collecting a debt. Romans 8, 15 and 16. The spirit you've received now is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship or daughterhood, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are children, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I'm going to read you one more thing in a scripture and then we're going to stop here. And next week, we will go on to more of the. No, next week, we're going to make room for a miracle. And in two weeks, we're going to do more on the tyranny of religion. So God is not withholding from you. That is something I'm going to hammer on so strongly. He is not withholding from you. One day, I had a, a vision on the inside of me. On this, the, You know, we all have a screen on the inside of us, right? And I had a vision on that screen. And I saw a tight fist. And I realized that that's how I saw Father. Because I grew up with such tight-fistedness. And as I focused on that tight fist, you know what the Lord did? He extended his hand to me. And I heard Psalm 145, 14 through 21. The Lord upholds all of his who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait for you, Lord, looking and watching and expecting, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy every living thing with favor. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways. He's gracious and merciful in all of his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him sincerely and in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will hear their cry. He will save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh... Bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. So if you see this, that's the devil. That's the lie. Father opens his hand, and he fulfills your desire. Glory to God. I'm going to close with reading you. This, this is also Russ Walden. I absolutely love him. The, anoint, the prophetic anointing on him is amazing. This is blessed according to the promise and not the law. A word of liberty and promotion in your life, 2 Peter 3.13. Nevertheless, we, according to this promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. In this verse, God's blessing is presented as accruing to your life, not because of adherence to the law, but according to the promise of Christ through the cross. That means when God determines your eligibility in answer to prayer, he doesn't look at your works, he looks at the cross. He blesses you according to who he is according to who Jesus is and what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And that eclipses anything in your life, anything in your life that would negate you and your, your qualifications. God hears your cry. He's not withholding from you. He's not a, well, I'll think about it, God. I just hope it's going to happen. No, I expect it's going to happen. But Sandy, what about those that I prayed they didn't make it? Well, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground. It abides by itself alone, but if it falls, it brings forth much fruit. Those who you buried, the people that you love so dearly, turn around and, and do what Sister Vita has done. Make disciples of all men. In her life, nurtures young women. Shows them who they are and whose they are. Turn the table on your losses. Because if the devil had known, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. If the devil had known that you're going to take your losses... And turn them into surpassing gain for Jesus Christ. He would have left you alone. But because he knows. That you're dangerous. Armed and extremely dangerous. He'll send affliction. And oh yeah the Pharisees will say. Ooh, like they did to the, the, the gentleman Carl Mason that I mentioned. A pastor said to him. What sin have you committed to cause this? That is just evil. That is evil. that's that rattlesnake bite. Maybe you're afflicted because you're such a danger to the kingdom of darkness. But the scales are balanced. You're forgiven, you're healed. You're forgiven, you prosper. You're forgiven, you're fruitful. There's my new favorite song. We sang it at Chosen. It's called Fear Is Not Your Future. And this song is just so powerful. We're going to sing it eventually. But one thing he says in there is hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. And then he says goodbye, doubt. Goodbye, shame. Start saying goodbye to the bite of the serpent. And say hello through the fruit of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you praise and I give you thanks that you're always on time. You are a yes, God. And even when it seems there's a delay, a delay is never a denial. And because Jesus says yes, yes, I will do it when you ask in my name, we won't take no for an answer, but we take your yes. Lord, we ask you just to tear down every mindset that is aligned with tradition, with the tyranny of tradition, and see you for the loving and kind Father you are in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosensa.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.